G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today buddy? Pretty good. Yourself? Mate, I'm I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a bit sick. I'm a, I'm sickly at the moment, and we're kind of in a room befitting that level of sickness. We uh, we've been relegated to some sort of dungeon for this week's podcast. Yes, the regular recording studio was otherwise booked out, so this is a bit of a dungeon recording. Oh, uh, to, to try and describe it for you listeners at home, it is a bland white shell of a room. With barely any natural light coming in, I'm. I know there is a window, but I feel like we can't see the light of day I'm, because there's too many plants in the way. There's too many plants. There's too much dust. Uh, there's a weird, funky smell going on in here. Yeah, we're pretty sure it's neither of us, so it must have been previous <laughs> occupants. There is a. Your speaker is currently precariously balanced on top of uh, some microphone. It, it's very, very strange at the yeah, moment. My microphone is balanced on a speaker. Yeah, not the other way around. That oh, that's it. That's it, mate. The, uh, the you s- had to provide your own headphones. Oh, this is <laughs> it. <laughs> so this is going to be a uh, fast and loose episode. I reckon. <laughs> Where are our episodes not fast and loose, mate? To be completely honest, this is true. What we're going to do? We're going to jump straight into last round's games and see if we can uh, delve further into the uh, fantasy. Uh, Depths of that. Now, uh, first up, what do we have? We had Hawks and Sydney, which... What a game. Oh, my this God. This was so exciting. This was awesome. And it was awesome for one reason, and that was Ben Ronke. Ben Ronke was so good in this game, it wasn't funny. I mean, oh, it was epic. A lot of people would have had the decision a couple of weeks ago whether to bring in Ronke or Spargo. Mm. And, I mean, Spargo's gone right. He hadn't, yeah. done, he hadn't gone... Too bad, but great this I week, mean, but 121 from Ben Ronke. Jeez, that's definitely seven the best goals choice. Is amazing. A lazy seven in your third game. Exactly. Wow. And yeah. ten tackles. So he's showing that he's working both ways. And those goals weren't giving his either. No, no, they were tricky. There was that one where he was ducking and weaving in that between brilliant. about three or four players. Oh, so good. Oh, so in, anyway, in terms of price, because uh, I was just having a little bit of a look at Ben Ronke the other day. Yes. He's played three games, I believe. Is he actually worth bringing into your side this week? Because that 121 will have reset his break-even massively. But not only that, it will have really cemented his spot on the side. So you don't have to worry about him losing his position, uh, going back to the Neapel. I think he's um, definitely um, positionally secured. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my... Um April Fantasy app decided to log, my, log me out. As oh, mate. So. Oh, the, the bunker, the, the dungeon really is... It's, the reception isn't great. It's really not working. We're in the middle of Mount Lawley here, and somehow there is no reception in this bunker. It is, it's quite extraordinary. It, it, it literally came up with a message that just said an error has occurred. Oh, no, something went wrong. <laughs> and then just logged me out. It's such an official one. Um, but uh, yeah, so, about, uh, Ben Ronke. So just in terms of him uh, as a player to bring in this week, is that something that you could actually foresee happening? Because he will have a pretty I mean, low break even. Two minds, because I feel like we're really chasing scores mm. here. So, But you're also chasing cash. Like, cash is the main thing you're chasing. So uh, there are some other options this week, particularly Ed Phillips, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. So Ronke, is it Ronke or Ronke? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to go with Ronke, but I did hear some commentators saying Ronk now that I think about it on the uh, yeah. the TV. <clears throat> I so. think his nickname's Ronks. All right. So we'll, we'll go with Ronks. All right, we'll go with Ronks. Anyway, so Ronks is 308k. Ooh. Break even if he's neck 31, and he plays Frio this week. So those are both points in his favor, but you are spending for him. Yeah, that's, so that's... 
anything above to anything in the 200,000s for me is generally not a rookie anymore. So obviously he, this score has really taken him up too far. Pushed him up heaps. But neg 31 as a break-even is huge. No matter so, what he scores, he's going to be going up. That 121 is going to be in his break-even rotation for some weeks yet. So you can expect a fair bit of cash over the next month. Um, so I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I don't hate it either, to be honest. Uh, I, you, you obviously, you're not going to be making a lot of money downgrading uh-huh. someone to him. But he's going to be a perfect stepping stone in a few more oh, weeks. If you are stuck in with someone like bloody Jack Billings in your side like we are, just, mate, I have no issues with that. That'll make you 200K, and he's probably going to score significantly more than Billings as well. So just... Yeah, uh, a little bit more. I wouldn't say significantly Oh, I, I would say significantly more. Billings is rat shit at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he kicked seven goals and true, for true. that 120. And you take 40 points off with the tackles. So he's on, what, like 80-something? Yeah. Um, seven goals. Good point, yeah. That's going to be like 60 or... 70 of those 80 points. He's not doing that every week. So, so he's not doing a lot besides tackling. Yeah. Other than Ronk, we had a... I mean, Jake Lloyd bounced back into form, which is good to see because he's so up and down, and draft owners in particular would have been really pleased with that. Absolutely. Uh, Isaac Heaney, 105. Another one of those games where he looked like he was dominating and almost uh, on track for 120-plus, but mm. it just doesn't quite transfer in fantasy scores at the minute. He will one day. And he's doing bloody well enough to guarantee himself a spot in the top six forwards at the end of the year, in my opinion. But yeah, I'd say he's, so at this he's, stage. Yeah, he's just not quite dominating like it appears he is on the ground. Yeah. I in mean, terms of fantasy, at least. Yeah, in, in terms of fantasy. Oh, Luke Parker. You, you traded him out last week as well, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Finally got rid of him. And he got 102 this week as well. So I don't care because I traded him out for Ed Kerner. <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. I'm, I'm, I was pretty proud of you when you told me that as well, oh, actually. I was... Super pumped about Risk, that trade. Not a risky pick, actually. He's been very safe this it, year, but something a little bit different to what yeah. you would normally do. I needed to do something. <laughs> My season was falling apart. I think we all do, mate, to be honest, after some of these last few rounds. But but, but seriously, Parker, 28 touches, two goals, one, four tackles, four marks. He only got 102. Yeah. So it just goes to show he he's not fantasy relevant yeah. in salary cap this year. Exactly. So if you've hold him... Awesome that he cracked the ton for you. I still think he needs to move on, and his break even is still like 110 or so. Oh my god, that's so bad. Um, just mo- my head. moving down to Josh Kennedy. This is so annoying after two 120 plus games from Josh Kennedy. He was dominating the past couple of weeks, and every time someone tried to send a tag to him, he was ripping them apart. And he just gone and gotten a 62 from what is that? 19 hand passes or something like that. So 19 disposals. 19 disposals. 19 there you go. Passes. So. He was doing nothing for most of the game. It's just so tough. I mean, there's it's, no consistency with JPK at the moment. No, it's really not. It's yeah. actually surprising they won with him being so well held. I don't know if he was actually held by anyone or if he just had a shitty game. Yeah, no, normally he's the uh, barometer of that side. So it is it is weird to see them get up. Is there anything else from Sydney you want to point out before we move on to the Hawks, mate? There's a lot of those middle-tier guys in there. Some of them did perform pretty well. I mean, Cunningham's 95, great score. Rampy's 96. But these are all draft guys for deeper leagues. Yeah, so. not really. Cal Sinclair does continue on his way, though, with a 98. That's pretty damn handy. He's still kicking, Four, kicking on. 41 hit-outs against McAvoy. That's a pretty damn good impressive, actually. Yeah. On the other side of things, McAvoy for the Hawks did score 107 with 36 hit-outs. So it was a pretty wild and woolly night on Friday over in Melbourne. Yeah. So. I do think that there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of ball ups. Yeah, a lot of ball ups that the uh, Ruckman took advantage of there. Highest scorer was Sean Burgoyne, and he's someone that's pretty handy to have in 
in draft, in draft yeah. at the moment. This is good because I think off the top of my head he might have had a couple of quiet weeks previously. Mm-hmm. So um, good for him that he's bounced back a little bit. Yeah, 10 tackles in that 114. That's the real thing for me. And he did look like he was playing a fair bit more midfield time. But he can be shifted between the forward and back line at any stage, even uh, in the game itself. So, um, yeah, he's a good depth guy for draft leagues this year, but he is sort of going out of it in terms of fantasy scoring at the moment. Uh, Someone who's actually been going really consistently well for draft leagues is Luke Bruce this year. He has. So I think we mentioned this probably about a month ago now, Mm -hmm. that he was just going to potentially, we thought, going to do really well with... um, Rioli and yeah, with Rioli and Puapolo injured at the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he has been. He's been going at a good ninety to a hundred mm-hmm. every week since then, basically. Yeah. So I, I picked him up off our waiver list in a, a keeper league so, a, a few actually. weeks back, just uh, because someone had for some reason dropped him. And yeah, he's gone at least ninety five plus every single week for me. Bloody, so I think he would be taken by most by yeah. most now. Yeah, with Buddy out as well. He he and Gunston are really the um, sole hands in that. Yeah. Uh, just a quick word on James Sisley. We talked about him last week, particularly the risk he poses. I think that that risk is negated entirely by his scoring potential at the moment. He doesn't seem to be having any bad fantasy games. When he's playing, he's playing bloody well and he's scoring well as a result. So I was very worried about him in this game. I was mm-hmm. thinking about bringing him in. I decided not to because of that wet weather. Mm. Now, it didn't end up being particularly wet and rainy during the actual game. No, it was in, just windy. In the lead-up, there was a lot of rain. So the, it still would have been a bit slippery and the ball would have mm-hmm. been a bit wet from hitting the ground. And it was windy, like you said. So, But even in those conditions, he still cranked out a ton. So. Yeah. I mean, in your defence, uh, considering how up and down for defensive players have been this year... Sicily is a great option. I mean, there's a lot of high-scoring forwards going around at the moment, particularly like, even players like Tom Rockliffe. We'll get to him in a bit. But, yeah, for your back line, get Sicily in as quickly as possible because he's still sub-600K, I believe. Yes. So only just, but he's still around that mark. So you need to get him in as quickly he's as possible. Break-even is very achievable this week as well. 100%. So yeah. Well, I think he's the best uh, top six player at the end of the year considering how well he's going at the moment. So if that's the case, you don't, you don't need to worry about break-even. Uh, what have we got? So we have uh, gee, some poorer scores from some of your more consistent guys out there, like Isaac Smith, 71. You'd be home for a little bit more than him. I mean, Ryan Burton's just been having a horrible year from draft league owners' perspectives. Yeah. And another 67. That's actually higher end. But the worst of all by far was Tom Mitchell. 40, what is that? 58. Oh, yeah. And I think 54% of the comp had him as captain. So at least... Everyone's suffering. At least almost everyone out there is suffering, but you're still suffering in a big way because there would have been those guys uh, in close matchups who put the captaincy on maybe a Stefan Martin, uh, maybe someone like uh, Max Gorn as well, who's been yeah. going great. Yeah. Uh, Jack McRae owners as well the out there. The ones who McRae would have been laughing this week. Oh, absolutely. So, geez, that's just a, a punch in the guts. That's 100 less points that you're getting as a result of that. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on because he will bounce back next week. I don't think there's too much of an issue at all with Tom Mitchell. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, and next week they play... Who do you think they play? Lions. Lions. So, yeah, he will, he will dominate. I mean, Mitch Robinson will go to him at different stages, but I, I think that a lot of teams have been scoring well against Mitch Robinson even when he's been tagging them, so you don't have to worry too much about that. The other one I want to talk about very quickly is Jaeger O'Meara. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so he is currently 558,000 in AFL Fantasy, break-even of 97, which is 12 points higher than his average. Ooh. He needs to move. Yeah, definitely. If you've still got him, and there's 28.6% of teams that do, get him out of your side. Time to move him on. Quickly as possible. All right, we'll move on to the next game, which was West Coast versus GWS. Great game from uh, West Coast's point of view to win on the road. Uh, geez, Jack Darling just keeps getting it done every week. We, it's a career best year for him, we've from, said, a, from a footy perspective. Yeah, and, and from a fantasy perspective, to be honest. I mean, 121 this week, and he's gotten a fair few tons this year as well. So if you picked him up in a draft league, congrats. But I dare say he won't be available in any others. Um, Elliot Yo, another consistent week from him. Jack Redden, too, with a 97. You'd be pretty happy with that. Yes, I yes. did say that he was a trade-in target in uh, salary cap leagues this week, and you would definitely be happy with that score because it's well above his break-even and he's going to be making you a lot of money over the next few weeks. Uh, still a chance to bring in, but I'm not quite so sure. Do you want me to find his numbers? Yeah, find his numbers because I want to talk about the next player just quickly. Uh, Brandon Archie is actually owned by only about 28 or 29% of the competition in Ultimate Footy. Oh, there you go. Brandon Archie just scored a 95 on debut. He's available as a forward in Ultimate Footy as well as a, mm-hmm. a Dream Team. But, geez, just jump on him because he's playing a fantasy-friendly role at the moment. Uh, he's He's got forward status, which is the main thing. Yeah. And salary cap leagues, he is just a bit too expensive. I don't think he's worth it. I wouldn't be looking at him in salary. But if he's available in 70% of draft leagues for Ultimate Footy, go out and grab him. You I think mean, that'll jump up yeah. this round? I mean, particularly for keeper leagues, he's still a young player. Who knows what he could turn into at a new club. So put him on your bench and have a little bit of a look at him. I'm playing him on my field at the moment, actually, because I just had a feeling that he'd score well this week. He did. And yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for next week. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Jack Redden numbers, 607,000, break even at 50. Plays Richmond is the only downside. Interesting. But I mean, realistically, you can score well against Richmond. Uh, Yeah, midfielders can score well against Richmond. Um, It's... Uh, they're a harder team to score against, but the top few midfielders do tend to score pretty well against them because they don't put too many close tags on you. Um, Richmond. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shannon Hearn, another pretty good game from him, and he's been going great guns this year. Uh, but the big one I want to talk about was Ben Ainsworth, who debuted this week. 78 on debut. Look Respectable. Yeah, respectable. Eight but tackles. I, I would not be looking into him because you've got Dom Sheed to come back. You've got uh, Luke Shuey after his hamstring issues. Um, but Dom Sheed and uh, Lewis Jetter as well, they're the big ones, and I think Ainsworth is going to be the first one edged I, out of this side. Yeah, I... Maybe one of... I think one of Jackson Nelson and Tom Cole come out for Jetter this week, mm-hmm. and if Sheed comes back in, you can bet your bottom dollar that Ainsworth will probably be missing out. I think out. he's the one that, that misses. He, um, he, a couple of his decisions he made and the, a couple of his disposals weren't quite up there. Oh, it was pretty woeful. <laughs> I, I did love the fact that the commentators were all over the fact that he made the first clearance, and his first clearance was a scrubbed kick out of the middle with no direction. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be pushed out. So don't be rushing him into your salary cap sides this week. Uh, on the GWS side of the ledger, Stephen Coniglio just going so well this year. Same with Tim Taranto. I honestly thought at some stage he would have a slide, but he just hasn't. They're he, just both getting a job done. Is he top six for the end of the year? As a forward? Yeah. Do you need to get Taranto in? Uh, based on current form... I'm struggling to think of anyone that's consistently scoring above him. I mean, obviously, you've got players like Toby McLean. Uh, you've got players like, oh, God, for some reason, I was about to say Jack Billings as a premium, and that just hurts my soul yeah. uh, because that is entirely wrong this year. Um, but, yeah, McLean's probably the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There'd be a few others. Menegola on yeah, his Men- day. Mm-hmm. Robbie Gray on Robbie his Gray. day. Oh, no, Robbie Gray, absolutely. I'd say Robbie Gray is probably the top target. Yeah. But if you've already got him, or if he's just a bit out of your reach, Tim Tarano is still attainable. So I think he's, he's going to be in that conversation of sort of five to eight mm-hmm. at this stage. Yeah, I like it. Uh, good scores from Callum Ward, and particularly Lockie Whitfield there, which is good for all those guys that had to hold him in the midfield for so many weeks of absolute terrible scoring. Um, Rory Lobb made a good comeback as well with 82 for yeah, first 82. game back. Mm. It's just unfortunate for him that apparently they're going after Longham for next year. So, Oh, mate, that is that is still <laughs> my call, mate. That is 100% still my call. I'm still not sold on it. <laughs> well, they do need some Ruckman considering they've only got one. And uh, Fulin ain't ready for AFL football yet. Uh, we've got a pretty down score from some of your other draft league guys, which was really bad. So Heath Shaw on 78 is not quite enough. Dylan Shield with 78. You know, hold on to those guys. So don't don't stress too much. Uh, if you are in a draft league where someone has been dealing with these up and down scores from players like that, go out and see if you can get them on the cheap, to be honest. I mean, you need to make some plays in draft mm-hmm. leagues. Mm-hmm. And if you can pick a player up after a couple of poor weeks for a little bit less than they're actually worth, that's the way to do Buy it. Low. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we, we did mention it last week, but this is probably the week you should be looking at moving on Jeremy Finlayson. Yeah, it's break-even and his average points are exactly the same. Yeah. 68, he plays North this week. North have not been giving up a lot of scores, and it's at Blundstone. Yeah, so it's going to be too much of a stretch. And Which, from memory, is the Tasmanian ground where if you kick the ball, it often ends up behind you. There's <laughs> so much wind. So, it does. So he will not be taking a lot of plus six marks, I don't think. Yeah, uh, so uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was Carlton-Essendon. Great game to watch. I mean, you always love when the underdogs get up and win, and Carlton mm. are uh, just perennial underdogs this year. And, geez, Essendon have just fallen away so much from what we thought they were going to be at the start of the year, haven't they? We really thought that they were going to be particularly fantasy friendly, but they've just they've done nothing. They've completely fallen away. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I mean, at least they've got a couple of guys. But we'll go on to Carlton first, and your boy Ed Kerr now, or your boy this week now. I was. You would be pumped with <laughs> so that 142. Pumped. You wouldn't be pumped that he tried to uh, casually glance an umpire and misses this week. There is a good chance he'll miss this week. Oh, he will. He, he shoved an umpire in the chest. But well, he has been sent to the tribunal, and that's not a good sign. So, having said that, Stephen May was also sent to the tribunal and got off just before we started recording, which makes absolutely no sense. So that who knows what's going to happen with? I Peter. legitimately assumed after last week's uh, last week's goings on that you know if you touch an umpire in any way. She Shape or form that gets you a week instantly. How Stephen May got off, I don't I know. Say, I didn't see the Stephen May one, so I don't know how it compares. To he the was Kurnow he was one. pretend uh, he was sort of pretending uh, or acting out what happened. Something? Yeah, so he was like, you know, this happened. Uh, he got his elbow into me a little bit, so he did that near uh, near the umpire. I think the argument was that the umpire was just a bit too close to him, and it was an accidental touch there. But Kurnow's actually shoved him in the chest. So. Yeah, so well, Kurnow, I reckon, will get away. I think he will too. Still, hold, absolute so, hold. He's a gun. Hold he's, him. He's been having a great year. Goes under the radar. Gets the job done. Tackles under right arms. up there. 13 tackles. So good. Um, and a couple of goals there as well. Jeez. Yeah. So, he yeah. just he does everything. That consistent stat line. And we spent way too long on him, so we'll move on. No, we haven't spent too long on Kurnow. He's good. Uh, Matty Cruiser, great score from him. And he's not that expensive at the moment. If you're stuck with an underperforming ruck... In uh, salary cap leagues, I mean, we're stuck with Todd Goldstein at the moment, oh, God, yeah. and it just hurts when he's posting up seventy-ish every single week, and everybody else has great scores from Grundy's, from Martins, but 
Matty Cruiser, 643k, yep. break even of 98. Jeez. And, uh, you know, the other guys are about 700 and something, so mid-700s. If you need a cheap upgrade or a cheaper upgrade from someone like a Goldstein, I'm going Cruiser this week myself. So I have no, I have no issue with that. Uh, it gives you a bit of a point of difference as well. If everyone's rocking with Martin and Cruiser outscores in one week, bonus for you. Jeez, uh, Daisy. 128 from Daisy. I said this last week. His low score in the last five games was 74. You did? Yeah, you've said... He's had a great month. He has. And he's still unowned in a lot of draft leagues out there. Please don't touch Daisy Thomas in salary cap leagues. Please no, don't, no. don't go anywhere near him. He, Purely draft. But for draft but, leagues, he's got some value there. If he keeps scoring mm-hmm. like this, absolutely. If you give me two seconds, I'll tell you what his um, ownership is. Oh, he, I, I'd say it'd be around about 60 to 70%. But <laughs> about 60 last week, I think, yeah. from memory. So it may have been picked up by a few more. I think he has by a few. It'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see, though. the technology is not wanting to work. Oh, it's because we're in the dungeon, mate. It's, uh, it's just not working. And also... 85% owned. 85 So, so 15% of teams still a couple. Um, yeah. the, uh, the interesting thing for me is Paddy Dow. I've talked to a few people who still own Paddy Dow and are just holding him and hoping at some stage that he does a little bit better. He's not going to explode at anything. You need to get rid of Paddy Dow. You He's absolutely do. not enough of an accumulator at AFL level at this stage. Mm-hmm. And a, uh, just a wait and watch on for keeper leagues. Lockie O'Brien is one of your boys, and he's, mm-hmm. he's done sneakily well the past couple of weeks. Showing some signs. Yeah. Showing some signs. Keep an eye on him. If he's unowned in your keeper league and it's quite a deep league, put him on your bench. Just see what he can do over the next few weeks, and he might even turn out to be a keeper at the end of the year. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was the Sun. Oh, of... I want to talk about Bombers. Uh, no. Oh, true. True. No, we don't really want to talk about the Bombers, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, uh, Devin Smith. But Devin Smith, yeah. He's, he's done very well this week, particularly, so... Yeah. Happy with how Devin Smith's performing. I think he's also in that top six forward yeah. at the end of the year. Zaharakis has his up and down weeks, as mm-hmm. always. Definitely. Uh, McKernan. Yeah. Oh, for a lazy 102. My call from the start of the year. I said, if Sean McKernan plays a game, he will score well. I'm pretty sure your call at the start of the year in the preseason was he was going to be the, in the round one team. Yes, that was it. And I said, if he was in the round one team, that he would score very well. Now, he wasn't. I made that call poorly. But he played this week and he scored well. So I Yeah, think... you just had to wait two months for him to come oh, to the team. Oh, it was so bad. But, I mean, he's got fantasy chops when he plays. It's just so annoying that he doesn't get a chance. Um, geez, and Tom Bellchambers, 55 hit-outs. That's, that's insane. Against Cruiser as well. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, Cruiser got 31 himself, so there were a lot of ball-ups in this game. All right. Zach Merritt. Hmm... He got to 81 in the last quarter, but I'm pretty sure he was on mid-50s uh, going into that quarter. So he really sort of junk-timed it there. Massive junk-time. So his break-even is 115. No, nah, you Plays can't. Geelong. 637,000. Does everyone need to jump off him again? No, it's a that's an absolute luxury trade. That is a luxury trade and a half right there. I agree. Yeah. If, you've, if you've held him the whole time, um, your team's probably beyond help anyway. So. Yeah. If you jumped off him like we did and then jumped back on, like I did. I'm not sure if you did. Oh, I jumped back on. If you jumped off him back on like we both did, Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to waste more trades on him. So you're stuck with him now. Absolutely not. You have to deal with it at the moment. Uh, Another interesting one is uh, just Kobe March. Hang on to him. He's still making you some money. Underperforming this week. But a lot of people would have played him with confidence on their field in salary cap leagues. 
I think you might have to put him on the bench if you he's can. He's a bench player, particularly yeah. against Geelong. They don't give up an awful lot of points. Yeah, um, his break even's nine, so there's no need to move him on yet. I like it. Uh, Brandon Goddard, thirty six. Oh, you were big on him as well. I'm still big on him. He's going to be one of the best defenders at the end of the year. Uh, he's going to be in the top handful. If he's in the top six, he'll probably be about that five or six range. I'm no longer sold. Oh, I'm sold. It's based on one word. What? Essendon. Oh, just based on the team that he's in. Yeah, well, it's a yeah. good call. It is a good call. Uh, and they are rubbish at the moment. But look, I mean, this is one really bad game in a pretty consistent and high-scoring year for it. Pretty sure last week was bad as well. Was it? Ooh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think. Yeah, Brendan Goddard, before that, he was scoring very, very well. So it may just he's be scoring a... scoring okay. Oh, mate, he was getting hundreds. He was getting tons, Brendan Goddard. Um, he... I think that he will definitely be in the top six. He got 73 the week before. Man, yeah, that's not awful. It's not top it's not, six no, defender. It's, it's not great. But I'd like to see what he was doing the weeks before that. Um, and yeah, I I'll think, find out. I do think that he uh, he has had a, a very high-scoring year prior to that. So for me, definitely top six defender at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, it's it may just be a matter of waiting until his price comes plummeting down and you can pick him up on the cheap in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, while you're having a look at that, I will just quickly bring up Gold Coast and Melbourne's uh, game because I want to move on to that one in particular. Uh, what have we got? Jeez. Oh, God, I remember this. <laughs> this was uh, We actually had the day off on sa- Saturday, so we could sit down and pretty much watch all six games, and I did not want to turn this game on. It was a smashing <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Uh, uh, Melbourne Gold Coast. Uh, okay, that like, was a thumping. Oh, my God. They just... I, I have no idea what Gold Coast were doing, but James Harms was the top scorer with 131. Here's some Goddard numbers. Oh, Goddard, Goddard. 110. Yeah. Good. Then he goes at 70. Mm -hmm. Then 72. Mm -hmm. 101, Mm -hmm. 129, Mm -hmm. 100, 73, 36. Now, there's only one really bad score in there. Yeah. But I maintain... That's not a top six defender. Oh, mate, the defenders have been shit this year. What? Who would you rate above Brendan Goddard, apart from guys like Laird, uh, yeah, Sicily, Simpson, Simpson. Simpson, maybe Seedsman, but he's been poor the past I'd rather weeks. have Seedsman. Yeah, okay, so that's four. Who would he? Oh, I wouldn't. I actually haven't looked at his numbers the last no, couple No, of weeks, I, I would not rather have Hurley at the moment. Um, but he's in He's in the conversation. Definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I can't think of another two off the top of my head. I'll give you that. It's tough. There, but those numbers are still too inconsistent for me. I'm not sold. I mean, you've got guys like Crisp out there who's just had an amazing week, but he's way too up and down. You just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, yeah, it's just really, really hard. I mean, Whitfield would probably def- would probably I'd be I'd rather there. have Whitfield. Yeah, I'd rather have Whitfield as well than Brendan Goddard, but he's still in that five to six range. Like, he's got the ability to score very well. There was a lot of hundreds in that list that you just gave out. So his ceiling is pretty high. About half of them are hundreds. Yeah. And only one of them was over, like, a, was a big hundred. Well, it's 100, so had, 110 and 129. That's not too bad. He's had one big hundred. Yeah, I'd, I'd take 110 from a defender any day of the week. But really, what defenders are scoring super well? Like, would you take Yo over him? Ooh. Yeah, probably Yo. Okay, yeah. That's your number five, yeah. then. Would you take Hearn over him? No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, Hearn, he has... Hearn will give you consistency. He will, but the ceiling's not quite there. But you've got a ceiling on those other guys. Yeah, that's true. But if everyone has it, where's your point of difference? Blakely, not... Lloyd. Blakely would be interesting. Lloyd would be interesting. Lloyd, I don't want in my final six. 
because yeah, I, I just don't want Lloyd in my final six. Uh, Blakely would. I mean, he had a great game right, this so week. I probably got got out at about seven or eight for me mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, he's about five or six for me. He's ahead of those guys just by a hair. Um, but yeah, that, that, I think that's coming down more to personal preference than anything else. Exactly, you versus me. Yeah, uh, Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Uh, James Harms, one hundred and thirty-one. Jeez, I mean, he was terrific. There were just a lot of high scorers for Melbourne, to be honest. Clayton Oliver's one hundred and twenty-two. You had Salem's 119. Gorn with 111 would have rewarded those guys who put the captaincy on him out there Absolutely. in salary cap leagues. And Jesse Hogan is just doing ridiculous things at the moment when he's pushing up through the midfield. He's going very well. Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, Nate Jones over 100 as well. So there's going to be games like this from Melbourne's point of view where they will dominate some bottom tier players. When Melbourne, are on, bottom teams. When Melbourne are on, they're a very fantasy-friendly team. Mm-hmm. The issue is they've been really inconsistent and they haven't been on a lot this yeah. year. If they can switch it on in the second half of the year, you can expect big things from their players fantasy-wise, mm-hmm. but there's a big if there. Yeah, because really there's tough. still some big question marks over their team. Absolutely agree. Uh, Bailey Fritch, oh, he's, he's still annoying people. 89. But we left him out of the side, and he's pretty much playing a wing role at the moment as well. So he was yeah. playing small forward in the pocket and not scoring, and now they pushed him up on the wing just as a lot of people got him out of their sides. <laughs> yeah, his, I think I've got his scores since he came back somewhere. Uh, 88, 91, 89. Oh, God, that's so frustrating. Now, they were against Essendon <laughs> Saints and Gold Coast. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's one but, thing. Um, but he's, he's got a pretty good run home as well. Yeah. So for the rest of the year, he plays Carlton, the Dogs twice, um, the Pies, mm-hmm. Saints, Frio, and Gold Coast again. I like it. I like it. So that's seven of his remaining games are against teams that give up points. Okay, so that's yeah, geez, that's really big. But I mean, if you've gotten off, uh, if you've jumped off Bailey Fridge, you can't get him back. There's no point getting him back whatsoever. No, but if you st- if you've still got him, hold on to him for a while. And in um. Drafts, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. That's a really good pickup. Uh, Christian Petrarca's really disappointed a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. Um, really thought he would come on as a mid-pricer and just isn't scoring. I know he's had those the finger issue with the dog. Dog almost bit his yeah, finger dog almost bit his hand off. But yeah, just isn't scoring like we'd expect him to. Hopefully that gets better towards the end of the season. Uh, Charlie Spargo's 39. You've still got to hold him. He's a, he's a rookie. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be making you some cash still. And I don't... After a win like this, unless anyone is rested, they're not going to be just dropping players no. willy-nilly. Um, for the Gold Coast Suns, we've got... Jeez, uh, there were only a couple of big scores, to be honest. Took Miller, 107. That was really solid from him. And Aaron Hall, it was good to see get back over the hundreds this week. Yeah, good to see him back. Yeah, and... Look, he can score very well. He, It's probably before this week that you really need to go after him because you won't be able to buy him quite as cheap uh, because, you know, obviously it's a buy, uh, buy low, sell high sort of scenario and you can't really justify going into a coach after a player's just scored 100 and saying, well, him down. exactly. Yeah. So uh, you really wanted to pick him up prior to this week. Now, Jack Martin's been sneakily consistent all year as well. He's, he is. He's, he, for a guy that's more a class player, mm-hmm. he actually scored quite well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's really not too much I want to talk about from the Gold Coast side of things for the rest of this game because they, they just perform pretty poorly as a team. You know, Lyons was poor, who's someone that would be in a lot of salary cap leagues still. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Ainsworth. I, I suppose from a draft point of view, from keeper leagues, 
Uh, he had a great game last week, and 70 is still a pretty consistent it score for a, for a forward. A fourth or fifth forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> just old young mate Crossley as well. 44 from him. Uh, he's still making you some cash. So Yeah, that, that was against a team that was pretty much running all over him. So. Yeah, 100%. And he played in the Ruck a fair bit against Gorn too, which is... Which is tough. That, tough. That's a tough ask. Um, see how he goes next week if he holds a spot. Exactly. Uh, we'll move on to uh, the showdown, which this was the game to be watching on Saturday Ooh. afternoon. This was a ripper. This was um, a ripper of a game. Port and the Crows. Uh, what geez, a finish. It was amazing. Uh, and some great fantasy scores coming out of this game as well. Uh, Tommy Rockliffe, that's the big talking point. Yes. So... I mean, it's an easy thing for me. It's a big talking point because everyone's going to want to get him in because he's cheap and he's a forward. But you have to wait. There's no point getting him in this week, having him play one week, and then having the buy. I agree 100%. There's there's just no point. And I think the week after the buy, so what's that, round 11, that pretty much everyone in the competition is going to be getting Tom Rockliffe in. Yeah, so so he, he plays Gold Coast this week in China, obviously, which mm-hmm. is why they've got the... One random buy, just those two teams. That's <laughs> two rounds separated from all the other buys. Um, so our recommendation is bring him in after that. He's break-even 73. He'll make that, you'd think. So he's break-even all... Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he, he will make a bit of money this week, so you're not getting him at dirt cheap price, mm-hmm. but you get him after the buy, and then you can play him throughout the rest of the buys. Exactly. That's the smart play. Yeah. Um, you're, you're copying a bit of short-term pain because you can't get him in quite as quickly for a long-term gain. Or if you're pretty comfortable with your forward um, bench players. Yeah, your rookies. Bring him in and stick him on the bench for a week. Yeah. If you've got nothing better to do. I yeah. suspect you will, though. That is an uber like uh, luxury. luxury trade. Like You would have to have nothing else to do because there's there's a lot of things to fix up. Justin Westhoff has been scoring stupidly well this year. And Robbie Gray, six goals. I mean, that five-goal third quarter was just ridiculous. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I mean... That we you have a theory about Robbie yeah, Gray. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a worry. So we were sitting there watching the game and just enjoying the hell out of it. But just a little thing creeped into the back of my head and said, well, hang on, if he's performed once again so well in the forward line and Tom Rockliffe has been moved into the midfield and he attended like something like 19 centre bounces, which was yeah. up about 13 from what he had done previously in the season, mm. what's to say that Ken Hinckley won't keep that same sort of lineup? Keep Tom Rockliffe in the middle, keep Robbie Gray up forward, and that's where he struggles to score consistently. Yes. I mean, he's only scored 100... I say only, 104 is a great score, but But, he's had to get six goals to get that. Yeah. He's not scoring six goals every week. No, he's not. For me, I would wait. If you're thinking about bringing Robbie Gray into your team, wait until after the bye again, as you should with all Port players. See how they structure up next Mm -hmm. week. Because if he's structured in the forward line... And left at full forward, geez, I, I am kind of worried. Especially, like you say, they're playing Gold Coast. They should smash them over in China. If he has another blinding game in the forward line, I don't think he'll get too much of a run in the midfield. And, yeah, it, yeah, when he comes up against those more difficult teams to play, his scoring is going to be stunted as a result of it. So yeah, I tend to agree. I it, think it, it's going to be a, a interesting watch and mm. see for those that don't already own him. Tough call. Um, another really cheap rider, uh, rider. Another really cheap player for salary cap leagues will be uh, Paddy Ryder in a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. he had that woeful game coming back in. Uh, so his break even will be quite high. 
keep an eye on him after the buy as well. If, like us, you're stuck with a terrible, terrible Ruckman and you're looking for someone cheap who can score well and consistently. Yeah, so Ryder is currently 552,000, break even of 102, and obviously plays Gold Coast. So against against Wits. Against Wits. So who is a decent tr- Ruckman? Yeah, so it's going to be trickier to score against him, although Gorn just dominated him with 111. Gorn is a different beast, though. That, a that's a very different play. That is a, a ridiculous... Gorn and Wits are very similar players, but Gorn is better. Oh, sign- amazingly better. Um, yeah, and there were just some other really consistent scorers around the ground for Port. Tom Jonas is someone that you wouldn't have liked to have benched in your keeper side, mate. But, it's okay, I won anyway, but if I'd lost, I would have been pretty filthy. Yeah, because Tom Jonas has done really well this year. I mean, He's had maybe... Oh, he'd had back-to-back 60s before this game, I that, think, from memory. In deep draft leagues, though, but, yeah, in a deep draft league, he's a, a, um, he's a great pickup. So if he's still available in your draft league and you run really deep, go out and pick him up. I'll uh, tell you how many teams he's available in. Jared Pollock is the one that I want to point out here because he had an amazing run. A lot of people would have thought to bring him in as a point of difference player. I do think this is post, uh, you know, uh, this is the slump. After a wingman has an amazing month's run or something like that, you yeah. need to get him out of your side now while he still has some money. So, uh, you know, you might be able to sideways trade him to someone of much more consistency than a, uh, a wingman. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll push on to the Crows. And, uh, I'll and just throw in Jonas's own by an 89% team. So oh, there's so not many left. No, there's not many left, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and Pollock is break-even of 114, mm-hmm. 684k, so... You think he's probably going to be dropping in price now. Yeah. Um, for the Crows, uh, I mean, Rory Atkins, Ratkins was just, do- he was dominating. He was everywhere. Ratkins. Ratkins. I still, <laughs> I, 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 I like when you can combine like first and last names. Oh, and yeah. It comes up with amusing names. It's the best one. Um, so Rory Atkins was, I mean, he was just really good in this game. And he is available in ultimate footy as a defender. At the he moment, is, if you have your positional changes switched on, exactly. So it is super interesting for keeper leagues going into next year. I mean, even if you don't have your positional changes turned on, if you have Rory Atkins, hold on to him for dear life because he's a good scorer. And You're as a, a big def- fan, as actually, a defender, yeah. I do like Rory Atkins. I mean, he's not a particularly amazing scorer. So as a center, he was useless. But as a defender, definitely something to keep your eye on. Yeah, and he is currently owned by ninety five percent of teams. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, I switched on to it. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good call. Um, we said last week that net that uh you should go out and try and get Matt Crouch as soon as possible while he's still cheap. Mm-hmm. Scored a ninety seven, consistent, not nothing amazing. So he would have only just come close to his break even, which means you can still pick him up really cheap this week. He's one of the midfielders that I'm looking at. Yeah, so he's one hundred and nine is his break even, six hundred and forty eight thousand at the moment. Plays Bulldogs. There's We're a, giving up a lot of points. There's going to be a score I there. I think that's the Friday night game, actually. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I, I mean, go, go out and get Matt Crouch into your side this week. That's my pick. Um, and, yeah, from there on, I mean, Roy Laird had his first probably down week of the year, and it was an 83, which is still, you're not too upset with that. I'm not too upset at all. Gibbs has really dropped away since the beginning of the year, hasn't he? It's really strange to see, but it does mean good things for those players that don't have him out there. Is it the Sloan factor? I'm not 100% Sloan out of the sure. team, so the people that were tagging Sloan are maybe paying attention to Bryce Gibbs. I mean, there must be a reason, and that's the only one that we've sort of come up with. So, to be honest... It's it, not based on anything. I haven't actually watched their games no. too closely, well, but got, it's sort of... 
There's, there's got to be some reason, like you said. Yeah, I mean, you don't just suddenly fall out of form for absolutely no reason. Teams will pay a little bit more attention to you. Uh, maybe you'll be played in a different position. But it looks like he's playing the same role. It just looks like other teams maybe are paying a little bit more attention. So yeah. uh, keep an eye on Bryce Gibbs if you're looking to get him in at some stage. He will bottom out in price. Uh, and also see what happens in terms of his role. So while Sloan... Uh, Sloan's out for an extended period he now is, well. He's got a... Um, uh, Liz Frank injury? Yes, is that that's yeah. one. So, the, uh, yeah. so, so he's going to be anywhere from two weeks to the rest of the season, depending yeah. on how severe that is. Exactly. Um, which does mean good things for Hugh Greenwood and Cam Ellis-Yorman, mm-hmm. who have just been kicking goals since Sloan and Crouch went out. True. So they're both cracked the ton this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing no. particularly to say, just they're just, playing really they just, well. They're just holds, is what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. So they're not guys to look at in salary cap leagues, but in no. draft leagues, you hold on to no, those I, guys. I just wanted to draw a bit of attention to how well they're both playing. Oh, absolutely. Um Two more players I want to find out before we move on to the next game. The first is Sam Jacobs got roundly beaten by Paddy Ryder, which is another reason I think that he's not too bad an option to look at in salary cap leagues, Paddy Ryder. Yes. When he uh, uh, when he bottoms out in price after yes. his last week's score. Um, one thing I will just point out with Source Jacobs, apparently uh, he is possibly expecting a, his first child to be born, or a okay. child to be born this mm-hmm. week, so he may or may not play on Friday night. Interesting. Keep an eye out on that. At least it's the Friday night game, so we have a bit of notice. Um, the other one is Tom Doty. Tommy D, I think it's time to get Tommy D out of your side. He's pretty much bottomed out. So the, we, we said it last week, those rookies are really starting to, to sort of fatten up and be ready to move on. Yeah, you probably don't want all of them at once. No. So Tommy D, he's averaging 69.4. His break-even is 70. Yep. He's owned by 59% of teams still, and he's 428,000. Yep. So he does play the Bulldogs, whose forward structure is non-existent, non-existent essentially. I was trying to come up with like a, a polite way of saying Oh, that, you don't have to come up with a polite way. They just are not good in the forward line. So if... I mean, the big four rookies in the back line are obviously Caulfield, Murray, Finlayson, Dode. Mm-hmm. I'm probably holding Dode this week just because he's playing Bulldogs, so he could get a lot of intercept marks. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Finlayson's the one I would move on first. Yeah, I haven't considered the fact that he's playing the Bulldogs, but that is a favourable matchup for a rookie to come against. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so we'll move on. Actually, the Bulldogs played the Lions in the next game. Um, I mean, you just have to say Jack McRae, is looking amazing. Now, I said last week what happens when he gets a tag. He didn't get a tag in this game. Brisbane, like I said, if anyone's going to tag, it's going to be Mitch Robinson. Or Nick Roberts. Or Nick Robertson. Just to make things interesting. They do go to those sort of uh, damaging showy players, and Bontempelli is the one that got more uh, attention this week. It didn't matter to Bontempelli, who also got 117. So it just proves that they're not the best taggers in the world. No. They'll give you some attention, but they're not going to dominate you like Ben Jacobs. So, I mean, just at some stage, I I just fear that teams are going to wake up to Jack McRae. I mean, he's moving up in the coaches' votes. Yeah, but in the meantime, he's just cranking out he is. massive scores for fun. Yeah. And he's, his price at the moment is like the mid 800s. So mm. you pretty much, everyone's pretty much missed the boat on him. Yeah. Let's I, be honest. I mean, you're, if you're picking him up now, you're picking him up saying, right, he's going to be in my team at the end of the year, come hell or high water. Like $858,000. Yeah. He's, his break even is 97, which at the moment is easy. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I would not bring Jack McRae into my side. 
because at I, the uh, right now, yeah, I could have last week. Oh, Maddie, but Ed Kurnow chose not to. Ed Kurnow's a great choice, and he was cheaper. Yeah, and that's why because it would have bankrupt me. Yeah, <laughs> to do it, I wouldn't have been able to do anything else. But the thing is, at some point, I just get the feeling that a team is going to put a hard tag on Jack McRae, and he's going to suffer from it. And he's going, even if it's just one bad week where he gets a sixty or something like that, that's going to reset his break even, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a bit cheaper. I mean, you may have to wait until mid season, but I realistically, guess, I guess the question is though. How many massive scores are you losing out while you wait yeah, for that to it's happen? It's tough. I mean, you I ju- think the price is just, it's... But it was like Tom Mitchell at the start of the year. Remember exactly what we were saying? You need to get Tom Mitchell into your side. He's had a couple of bad weeks, and as a result, his price is way down, and it's falling. Yeah, but everyone that didn't start with him has missed out on all those massive scores he had at the start of the year. Yeah, but... Mm. It's so t- it's, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. It, it is difficult, but realistically, you had to start with Tom Mitchell. So it, I think what we can agree on with McRae is... If you are going to get him in, and mm-hmm. we're sort of split on whether you need to or not, uh, if you're going to, you have to have a plan to do it, and it will probably take you a couple of weeks. Yeah, It's not a, a quick a quick fix. Because like you say, it will probably bankrupt you. Uh, moving on, Bontempelli, like we just said, great week, and it's good to see him up and about in the scores, but he was playing Brisbane. That's the downside. He's yeah. not going to do this every week, and he has had some poor games this year. Um, Toby McLean was looking rubbish at the start of the game and just pulled it together towards the end with a couple of goals. Great game from him, and he's, I mean, I think we can both agree he's absolutely a top six forward at the end of the year. Agreed. Yeah, someone you need at to get into. At number one yeah. for me. Oh, yeah, number one, wow. I mean, I mean, we do have our worries. We just went about earlier talking to you about Robbie Gray, so he was the one I probably would have had above him before this week's game. But, yeah, Toby McLean's looking top of the, uh, top of the pile right now. Lockie Hunter, great score from him, and there, there were some really good scores yeah. from you. Uh, Underrated guys as well because we've got Bailey Watch obviously happening. Bailey Watch and Bailey Dale snuck ahead at the end of the game. So Bailey Dale finished on ninety three compared to Williams at seventy four. So again, Bailey Watch is split. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of switching it up week by week. Mm. Bailey Fritch had a good week, but Bailey Dale in particular, uh, if you, he's available in draft leagues out there, he's a great risk it pick for uh, for players out there who when they when the Bulldogs are coming up against poorer teams. So when they're playing the likes of uh, Brisbane, uh, Carlton, the Gold Coast, you know, these sorts of teams, forward, he'll feast he will feast on that. So, I mean, he only got kicked one goal three, so he missed a few. He could have got a few more points in there, which absolutely. is the thing. You still own him, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, I do. So he is currently owned by only 29% of teams. So he's out there. Um, so just keep an eye out for him when they're coming up against a bad team. I mean, he's going to struggle this week against Adelaide. So, but when you know, like I say, when they're playing those bottom of the table guys, definitely get them onto your field. Uh, Josh Dunkley is uh, doing well as a ruck. Yeah, it's how many hit outs does he have? Oh, probably very, very. I'm going three, three for the game, and I suspect he would. He spent a lot of time in there as well. It'll be interesting to see if Tim English comes back in this week because he was rested. Mm. Does he actually come back in? Because you would have to say that. For me, I mean, if I was the Bulldogs coach, I would be uh, bringing Tim English in, putting Tom Boyd in the forward line, and stop playing him, him as a structure. Yeah, stop playing him as a goddamn ruckman. He's not a ruckman. He, yeah, give him a bit of structure forward of the ball. Give yeah, him someone to kick it to. Exactly. And then playing Dunkley as a forward come midfielder. Don't Stop playing him in the ruck. So uh, Boyd is your chop-out ruckman when he needs it, and that gives him a chance to get around the ball and get some confidence up. It's just very confusing. I tend to agree with you, but we are not AFL coaches, so that we'll is, see what happens. That is true. There's good reason for that as well. Uh, just one quick word on Luke Dalhouse as well. Oh, 
That, I think the days of Dell being a rem- fantasy those guy days. are over. They were good days. Um, truly. What I actually haven't even looked at him this year. I've got no, no idea how he's been doing. He's been doing poorly, and this is another poor game in what was a yeah, what was a really good win for them over Brisbane. So yeah, it's just really really tough to say with with like Dow House. I'm not sure what what he's done or what's happened to his role, but he's not a fantasy guy anymore. Um, on to the Brisbane Lions. We talked about Charlie Cameron a couple of times this year. When he scores, he scores big, doesn't he? He does. He does indeed. Now, I wrote a note down on him somewhere. You act... Oh, my God. You did research again. Can you please stop showing me up with actual research. I feel like we actually have to provide something useful for people. <laughs> so, um, where is he? So, this is ultimate footy because he, he's not really a salary cap guy. He's a yeah, draft guy. he's definitely a draft guy. He's owned guy. by 61% of uh, leagues. In 61% of leagues. Um, now, he's had an 87 against the Saints, a 93 against Melbourne, a uh-huh. 79 against Gold Coast, and this 125 against the Bulldogs. Um, he plays the Hawks this round. Last year, he got 95 and 79 against the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, true. I don't hate him as a bit of a uh, pickup of the waiver wire if you need to plug a hole. Like you said, he's a bit inconsistent. Mm-hmm. His bad games are bad. But his good, good games. games seem to be quite good. Really good. Um, just quickly want to mention uh, Dane Zorko, another good game from him. Again, the Robbie Gray sort of worry is that he scored four goals to get to that 115. Um, didn't really cop a tag from the Bulldogs, uh, didn't really need to in the end, but that is two good uh, scoring games from Dane Zorko. So if you were considering him bringing him in, you just wanted to give him a bit more time to prove it, this is the week to do it. Yeah, This is the week to yeah, jump on Dane good. Zorko. I just realised too, I actually made a note about Tom Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's only owned by 63% of Ultimate Footy Leagues. Uh-huh. His last four games since he came back into the side, 54 against Freer, which, mm-hmm. yeah, get rid of that. We'll ignore that. Yep. 72 Sandlines. against Carlton. Mm-hmm. So 72 against Cruiser. Yep. 73 against Wits. Mm-hmm. And 86 against um, Steph Martin. Definitely interesting if you're in a two-rock league. Because he is yes. he is qualified as a ruckman, apparently. He and is. Uh, yeah, if you're in a two rock league, that re- the pool is really low for ruckman out there. So mm-hmm. definitely want to consider. Um, uh, anyone else you want to talk about from the uh, Brisbane Lions? If you still have uh, Alan Christensen, please move him on as quickly as possible. That's just a fact. Yep. You need to get him out of your side. Yeah, he's losing your money at this stage. Mm, Again, my uh, AFL fantasy app has crashed. So I <laughs> <to> you. well, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on to the uh, the Frio Saints match, which was the last not, last game on Saturday night. Uh, good win for Frio, but St Kilda really aren't putting up much of a contest at the moment, so it doesn't really say anything for the any team playing them is cranking out scores. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So we'll uh, we'll move on to some of the Frio scores. And Connor Blakely was one of those defenders you mentioned earlier. Might be in with a go. Mm-hmm. Got 131 this match. Yep. Massive score on his, his week. Very mm-hmm. good on his week. Very good, but. but that that is a big the but. consistency. Yeah, which is across the board for all the defenders. It's true. He's he's almost playing. I, I don't like saying types of roles, but he is playing... Uh, you um, say quarterback. No, Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh, He's okay. playing very similar to Lloyd at the minute. Only one tackle for his 131 points. He is marks. seagulling around the outside of contests. He was, they looked to him, so they get the ball, they look up, and they just chip it across to either yeah. him or Luke Ryan to distribute it. Exactly. Or Ed Langdon. Yeah, or Ed Langdon. Who, who worked the wings like... I mean, Ed, La- Ed Langdon is someone that you absolutely have to look at in draft leagues because he has been terrific this year. Uh, and Luke Ryan will have his ups and down games, but in draft leagues, he's absolute gold. 
Uh, in salary cap leagues, no, no, no. Avoid, don't get avoid all of. Don't get caught out on these guys in um uh, in salary caps because of the one or two good scores. Um, Lockie Neal, <laughs> again had an amazing game, but only 106. We say it every week. He just doesn't really have a ceiling on him at the moment. No. Um, and Nat five consistent, and yeah, I still think he's going to be a top eight midfielder at the end of the year. It's it's tough because he'll be in the bottom end of that. Yeah, he will. But for me, I think he's just got such a good ceiling on him, and he's just bought some more consistency this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anyone else you want to talk about? So we do the Frio Rookie Watch. Oh, Frio Rookie Watch. That's our favorite part of the uh, the podcast, <laughs> as right. you can tell. The uh, Andrew Brayshaw, good score from him. Love, uh, liking what I'm seeing from Andrew Brayshaw over the past couple of weeks, but most people would have jumped off of him already. I'd say he was one of the yes. first ones people got out. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Adam Chera? Alrighty, let me just bring up... Where yeah. are they all? Yeah, bring up those statistics there. But Adam Chera got a 60, which was really good. Uh, you had Alex Pierce's 56. Uh, not so good, and he's definitely one that you'd have to look at moving on. Alrighty, who have we got? Mm-hmm. We had uh, Brayshaw. Yeah. Break even of 37. Perfect. Uh, 399. Slow burn, you can hang on to him. Uh-huh. Chera, break even of 37. Uh, 368. Still hang on to him hang for a little bit. He's got four not top of the as list. well, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, not yet. But not, not, he's not top of the list. Doesn't he have any... Oh, he might be... He may have be a chance to get him the he's next He's got to be an ultimate footy. Ah, there we go. Um, uh, Alex Pierce as a Alex uh, Pierce defender. is another slow burn. But, uh, I mean, he's really Break even of 38. Yeah. This is easy to remember. 37, 37, 38. He's playing Sydney, who at the moment don't have a tall forward. Yeah, that's true. And Lance Franklin is out again this week. It's already been confirmed. Correct. So you'd think he, he's averaging 48, so that's 10 points ahead of his break-even. Mm-hmm. You can hang on to him this week, but it's getting close to the point you need to move him on. Very close. But he's only 307,000, so he's pretty low on the list of priorities because he's not making or losing you a lot of money. Yep. Bailey Banfield, break-even of 58. Mm. Averaging 61. Yeah, need to move him on. He's one you do need to look at. Definitely, on. definitely move him on. And Crowden. Oh, Crowden should have been moved on a long time ago. He's been rubbish. He should be gone. Break yeah. um, even at 69. He's only averaging 47. So the order to move him on, Crowden, Banfield, Pierce. Yep. And then Chera and Brayshaw can hang around. Brayshaw last there, fine, to hang around for a bit. Love it. Uh, move on to St. Kilda. Uh, Lukey Dunstan, 120, was great in this game. Probably one of their only winners, to be honest. I mean, Jimmy Webster did play a good game as well, but mm. fantasy-wise, there was only one player from the Saints cracked a ton, yep. and the rest were just sort of average. The player I do want to mention the most was Ed Phillips. Yes. Pick up Ed Phillips in your keeper leagues. I can't say that highly enough. I mean, he's the brother <laughs> of Tom Phillips, who at such, a, runner. at such a young age, I mean, Tom Phillips is, what, only 21? He's already cemented himself as a really solid scorer for draft leagues. I mean, he's averaging over 100 this year if you take out his uh, concussion-affected 49 from this week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is his younger brother, so it'll probably take another couple of years, but hang on to him for that long because he's uh, he's already proven just in his first game and also in the VFL that he's a really consistent scorer. He wins the ball. Mm-hmm. He runs all day. Made five tackles on debut. Which is great to see. We love that even stat line. Three marks across the board. He'll get more marks as he gets more games under his belt as well. He looked very assured. Yeah, so... uh, Break even of neg three. The only downside... Neg 13, sorry. Yeah, so he's absolutely one to look at in salary cap as well. But keeper leagues, definitely. 
The only downside is he plays for St Kilda. I don't know what Alan Richardson is doing. I don't know who is going to get dropped. I don't St. know who they're going to bring St. in. St Kilda rookies have absolutely no job security. And it is tough. St Kilda premiums have absolutely no job security. Because St Kilda premiums have job security, but nobody else does. Ah, uh, Even their middle middle road guys don't have job security, but their rookies have absolutely none. So gotcha. I think he's probably good for a couple of weeks because he yep. did play well. Mm-hmm. But just be warned, they will rotate him at some point. Yeah, uh, Blake Akers, uh, an, a disappointing game from him, but he's still scoring pretty well on the year. So uh, 78 seems to be about his basement score at the moment. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have too many really poor performing games. As a forward in draft leagues, that's great to see. You want yeah, a little bit more consistency there. Uh, Shane Savage was one that was in the argument to be a top six defender at the end of the year. Fallen away a lot. But, well, he's fallen away a lot, but St Kilda just in general, like, I can't trust any of their players. Um, so he's definitely not there anymore for me. And speaking of not trusting players, Jack Billings, oh, my sweet <laughs> mother of God. We talk about this every week. Oh, I, and I want to move him on every week. I've actually I've looked at my trades. I rage traded away as soon as the uh, the app opened again for salary cap. And apparently, with some of my money left over, I can go, uh, or I can just, with $1,000 left to spare, go Goldstein to Cruiser and Billings to Menegola. And that improves your team a lot. Even though I am missing out on, like, Phillips this week, uh, I'm missing out on a couple of other guys, maybe even Matt Crouch, I am so bloody tempted to do that. You're bloody tempted to do that. Like, yeah, that's... <laughs> it comes to a stage where you just have to say, no, nah, I can't. You can't keep ball. going with that. You need to amputate the uh, leg at some stage. And Jack Billings is a gangrenous well, he's leg. Five hundred and twenty-four thousand. I don't know what he would have started that, but I guess oh, he was been seven hundred plus. No, I think he was high six hundreds. Six eighty. Yeah, something along those lines. So he has lost one hundred and sixty thousand. Oh, he's been shit. His break even is one hundred and eight. Mm-hmm. The way he's going. He's not going to make that. Yeah, I, I maintain. He does play Collingwood, who do give up points. That's but... the only thing. There's always something with <laughs> Jack Billings. It was just like with Goldstein last week. I was just like, hang on, he's playing against Richmond. Nankervis is a chance to be out as a laid out because there was a there was a bit of an issue there yeah. during the week. And if that's the case, he's going to slaughter Ivan Soldo. So, yeah. you know, maybe I'll just leave him in for one more week and see what he does. And he pumps out a 70. So there's always a reason to keep him in, but at some point you need to cut and run. Yep. Um, I think that time is now. Yeah. Only thing I want to bring up before we move on to the North Richmond game is Nick Caulfield, you know, not scoring particularly greatly, and he is yeah, very close yeah. to his break even, but I think he's he he's scoring better than players like yeah, just uh, Alex Pierce or Mitch Crowd and those yeah. sorts of guys. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Mitch Crowd in particular. You absolutely need to move him on ASAP. And Bailey Banfield too, I think. Yeah. Um, even, you know, Jeremy Finlayson. And Finlay- I've been yeah. moving Finlayson on ahead of Cofield. Yeah. He's oh. averaging 62, break even of 53, and as we said, playing Collingwood. Playing Collingwood. give up points. That's a big thing. All right, uh, so we'll move on to North and Richmond. This was a, a really good game in the end. Yeah. Like, North Melbourne put up a fight, and uh, I know we've had our issues with, uh, <laughs> with Brad Scott in the past. Uh, we have a long and sorted history with uh, making fun of the Scott brothers. Um, so I, I feel like I'll clear something up here. I've never, ever underestimated his ability to be a good coach because he's always gotten something good out of an underperforming list. So that they don't have the, the greatest or most mm-hmm. talented list and he's always gotten them sort of middle of the table or even in the just in the top eight sort of thing. So he's done well there, but that does not mean he isn't a stooge. 
and <laughs> I think that is the closest Brad Scott is ever going to get to a public apology on this podcast. Because he is still a stooge, but he's a good coach. <laughs> he might be a good coach, but I just don't like him. Um, oh, quote Christian, 2018. Uh, just, <laughs> just media conferences, <laughs> even when the camera pans to him in the box... I, I don't know, just something clicks in the back of my lizard brain and I just think, God, I hate that. <laughs> All right, we'll it's, move on. We'll move on, To Joe. the actual footy. To Ben Cunnington's 139. Now, don't freak out about this. Ben Cunnington, every once in a while, will have an amazing <coughs> game. And he he does this pretty regularly, actually, in the season. I noticed particularly last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great um, draft player. Yeah, he's a terrific draft player because he has a high ceiling, but he does have some a lot of average scores in there as well. He's so in the seventies. Don't jump on Ben Cunnington. Um, there's actually a fairly big fall away for North Melbourne players as well. Actually, um, uh, Jed Anderson's the next best scorer with ninety seven, so he comes down almost forty points. Yeah. Um, McMillan, yeah, good score from him. But again, a lot of these are draft guys, and we've said that all year with North Melbourne players. And, and if they're good ones, generally they're owned. Yeah. And if they're not good ones, they're not good often enough to really talk about. So. Exactly. Uh, Jack Zebel was uh, 87. Again, he's not scoring highly enough, even as a forward for Salo yes, And he has and been suspended this week. He's been suspended for one week. So, you know, he's just really not providing. And Goldie, we've already talked about. Yeah, we do not talk about Goldie anymore. Yeah. It's first um, first rule of Fight Club, Matt. Don't talk about it. Um, so, uh, Richmond. Uh, <laughs> Nick Floston, 131. Wow. He's I didn't gone, know that. I'm pretty sure, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure he's gone like 50, 60, 50, 131. So, just, you know, remind people he still exists. The ultimate frustrating draft player, particularly from a keeper point of view, because there's a lot of guys, yeah. a lot of people out there who think he's still youngish and he still has the ability to play in a good role. But he just doesn't regularly, and he's just inconsistent. So it's frustrating. You know, there'll be people who go out and pick him up after this 131, and will most likely be disappointed by a 50 or a 60 yeah, next I week. I would not be picking him up. Although the they're playing West Coast, and West Coast can give up some scores. I, I, don't trust I'd him. still not not, not trust, trust him now. And Nank 119, just to prove us wrong. <laughs> not only did he play, he played well. Oh, sweet mother of Jesus. Um, and Trent Cotchin's 114 was a really good score. Draft guy, Basher Hawley as well. Good draft guy to have. Yep. Uh, the player I really want to talk about is all the way down the bottom of the list at Dustin Martin, 48 points. Mm. Jacobs did a job and a half on him. And yeah. I, I, I think uh, we actually tweeted out over the weekend as well and just mentioned that Dusty Martin does not look like the same player as last year. No. Dustin Martin looks kind of lazy, if I'm being honest, and he he doesn't look like he cares enough because he sort of he built his game last year on work ethic. So he yeah. was always the first one to the ball. He's almost I mean we said it earlier about um uh, Blakely, he's almost seagulling around contests and not getting in at the ball. And then he's just being left in the forward line for long periods and the ball isn't going directly to him. Yeah, he's still owned by 44% of teams in salary cap. Yeah, there's a reason. Break-even is 140. Yeah, there's a reason for that. But And here's the point. Last year, I think he had 40 disposals, three goals, and something like eight tackles on West Coast. And Yo was in that game. And everyone's saying, you know, Yo's going to be the player to play on Dustin Martin. Don't put it past West Coast to play Dustin Martin into some good form all of a sudden. <laughs> so I'm not jumping off him this week, and I'm an owner. Mm-hmm. I'm not jumping off of him next week, but, you know... He's on thin ice. He's on thin ice, and... Fair enough. You 
yeah, a sideways trade isn't going to net you anything at the moment either. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that's the... Shall we very quickly look at Jack Higgins? Jack Higgins, uh, yeah, youngster's doing all right. 63, not too bad from him. 351,000, break-even of 38. Yep. He's good to go for another week or two. Love it, love it. And you always love watching Jack Higgins play as well. So, so happy. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next game, which was Geelong-Collingwood. And, oh, you know... You're not a Collingwood fan. I don't know many Collingwood fans out there, to be honest. We're over in WA. But uh, you, as a fantasy footy fan, you love watching yeah. Collingwood play. Collingwood players score well themselves, and they give up a few big ones to the opposing team. So this week, bloody, bloody Jack Crisp. I had him in since the start of the year in salary cap. He did absolutely nothing for an extended period of time, and all of a sudden he's decided to do half decently. But you do notice that this week Langdon wasn't in the team. Yeah, I think we discussed this last week or the week before. Yeah, that Langdon may be the not Langdon specifically, but but they're that they're one, one extra. Yeah, they're one halfback too many. That's just stopping their halfbacks because you notice this week, uh, Crisp Sharonberg, how one thirty two. He was Howe, terrific. One twenty. Yeah. So that's three of their top six scorers, yeah. halfbacks. And even Sam Murray, 75, you're not too depressed with that as a defender. So no. Speaking of Sam Murray, absolutely hang on to him. He's one, yeah. he's one of your last. He's your last one. Um, so, yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I, I think we've sort of worked it out. and They're playing one too many. If the, When Tom Langdon comes back in, if he comes back in, if all of those guys are still playing... You just can't trust it. We'll see if the scores drop off. Yeah, but however, I did read something. Yeah, I did read something today that said that Jeremy Howe went in for scans with hamstring awareness. I love how they come up with all these terms. Like, oh no, he've, he's not injured. He's just very aware of his hamstrings I've at the moment. Never heard of hamstring awareness. Is that like what does that mean? Does that just you mean... wake up one day and you're like, oh. I can really feel those hamstrings. I'm very aware of the fact I have hamstrings right yeah, now. Yeah, surely that is hamstring soreness. I mean, like, what what are you feeling? Are you just feeling it there? Is, I, I do not know. I, I, I do not It know. is so confusing. Like, surely if you're aware of your hamstring, you're aware of some soreness in it. Like, oh, fuck it out. I'm not in pain. I'm just... Very aware of bits of my body right now. Sports scientists somewhere out there are really clapping themselves on the back for coming up with the term hamstring awareness. And that's they can rest on their laurels for the rest of the year now. Anywho, moving um, on. Moving on. Chris Main. Great score from Chris Main. 128. Mm. Uh, I believe we have a question about him as well. So I'll, okay, I'll leave cool. that until later in the podcast to really address Chris Main. Um, and Taylor Adams back after a Horrible first game back from injury. Terrific score from him. Um, so, but no pendles. Yes, no pendles. It'll be in, when pendles comes back in. That's when you wait. So you want to wait again to see how he performs with pendles back in the side. Uh, Brody Grundy. Just, I mean, get him into you. if you can get him into your team. Just get him in. He's so good. Uh, Trelaw, great score. Still side bottom. Really solid. You know, and even players like Jordan Degoe was terrific as good well. Draft guy. Yeah. Um, Thomas, 73. Yeah. Bit of draft potential there. Bit of uh, keeper potential, possibly. I'm just going to move on quickly to Geelong. And while I do, can you please look up the break-even for Jaden Stevenson? Because uh, Jaden Stevenson has been scoring very well, and this is his first sort of poor score. So I have the odd feeling that his break-even will be slightly higher. His break-even is now 69. He's averaging 65.8. Owned by 19.5% of teams, 441,000. But, and we said before, there's always a but. Yeah. He's playing St. Kilda. Oh. Oh. 
And he, when he scores well, he does it on the back of goals and pressure in the forward line. And St Kilda is the team to do that against. I'm leaving him in for another week. I'm giving him one more week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you don't think... Even if he plays badly, he's probably going to get, what, 55 to 65? Yep, yep. So he's absolutely. not going to drop an awful lot. Yep. Um, and he's already 440. So worst case scenario, you're losing maybe 10, 20k on him. So I'm playing him this week. Yeah, cool. Uh, for the Geelong I'm side of things... him this week. Yeah, the Geelong side of things, Sam in a goal will bounce back after a poor O week last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 121. I think we can safely say that he's in the top six forwards at the end yeah, of the year. you'd think so. Pretty safe. Uh, and Tom Stewart, we... we been oh, on the back no, of this guy a while. I'll give you credit. You were on this one. I wasn't sold, mm-hmm. but good call. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with that call, just uh, quietly. Uh, and then the big scorers did pretty well. So Dangerfield, Ablett, and Duncan all getting over 100. And, yeah, I mean, that's... Also with 95. So the big four, they did pretty well. So it's good to see that they can all perform pretty well with each other in the side. Yeah, no uh, standouts. Yeah. But... Oh, they're about that good score. Exactly. And the other big thing is Ablett's come back in this week and Menegola scored well. Yeah. So, so maybe it's the big five. Yeah. that's And that was the worry for us, obviously. And, mm. you know, Menegola started scoring well when Gary Ablett got injured. But, you know. This is true. He scored well this week, so I think you can have more confidence in him. Uh, Tim Kelly, it's probably getting time to move him on as well. Like, um, yeah. he, w- he wouldn't be top of the list because he still yeah. has the ability to go high. But if... You, you don't have any of those other players. Tim Kelly has probably made most of the catch that he's yeah, going to so make So 491,000. He's averaging 80.9. Mm-hmm. Break-even is 68. Yes. So he's still a little way off that yeah, average. Yeah. Um, owned by 48.6% of teams. So there's a lot of people in the same boat. Um, he, he plays Essendon next who have been giving up some scores. Good call. All right, so hang on to Tim Kelly for another week or two at least. And I think that's all the, uh, the John players I want to talk about. How about you, Matt? Um, yes. Yep, beautiful. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to split the podcast up now. We're going to come back in part two with your questions, as well as our favorite game, of course, Risk It for the Biscuit. I believe we also have a trade review to get done, too. We do. So we'll, uh, we'll be reviewing a trade from someone out there's draft league. So join us next for part two. <laughs>